All right, friends, welcome. Welcome to today's webinar. Welcome to the webinar we'd never thought we'd be doing, and that is helping companies understand the importance of adapting amidst a global pandemic, amidst COVID-19. And we're going to talk today about 11 strategies to thrive in today's environment. My name is Craig Armstrong, Vice President of Sales and Marketing. We've got approximately 60 minutes that we'll be together today, and part of that includes some time for Q&A at the end of our webinar presentation. We've also got some great tools that we pulled together for you guys today and resources. Those are going to be available to you on the right-hand side of your screen in the chat window. I'd invite you to, to download those. We've got, a, we've got a tool that focuses on developing your value proposition right now. Uh, in today's market, we've got a tool that will help you build out your customer avatar and build out your content strategy. So be sure to access those tools during the webinar today. Uh, also, be sure to interact with us throughout the webinar through the Q&A chat. Um, we're happy to answer your questions. If you've got some ideas you want to propose to us, or hey, listen, folks, if you want to challenge us and some of the things that we're talking about today, We'd love to hear that too. I mean, we've got some great ideas, and a lot of these are uh, some of our some of the things that we've been dealing with over the last couple of weeks, just like you. But we'd love to hear from you within the chat, within that Q and A chat uh, chat box. And um, we'll be making this recording available to you in the next twenty four hours. We'll send that directly to you via email. And um, let's get started. Once again, my name is Craig Armstrong. Vice President of Sales and Marketing. And with me today, our special guest is Sean Brooke, President of our company. Sean, welcome to the webinar. Good morning, Craig. Thank you very much. Awesome. Fantastic. So let me tell you quickly a little bit about us, if you don't know our company, Issues Inc. We are a media company primarily focused on the global seed industry. And our channels include Seed World, European Seed Germination and Alberta Seed Guide. Part two of our company or the second level or second floor of our organization is our Create division. Create is our seed industry focused digital and strategic consulting division. All right, let's get started, folks. We have seen some tough economies, but nothing like this. Uh, let's let's I mean let's be honest. This has been a tough few weeks, and on behalf of Sean and myself and our company, our thoughts and prayers go out to everybody online with us today. Hope you're all safe. Hope your families are safe, and hope that you are trying to get through this as best as you can. But there is a light at the end of the tunnel, and really that's what our focus is on today for the next forty-five minutes. Lead, follow, or get out of the way. Thomas Paine said that, I believe, in 1776 in a document called The Great American Crisis. Well, friends, there's no question right now we are in a great global crisis, but we have the opportunity right now to really take, take note. Take note of what Thomas Paine was telling us um, and take that advice and not only survive, right now in this current situation, but thrive through it when this is all over. Coming up in the next 45 minutes, we're going to talk about what's happening right now, what's changed in the, in the last few weeks within our marketplace. 
What are executives, decision makers, top three priorities during a crisis? The three types of decision makers that you might be dealing with inside your business right now as you reach out to your marketplace and what we can learn from history to ensure success during and after this situation we're in right now. What is an SCAR fact and why it matters for your business? And then we're gonna do a deep dive into 11 strategies to help you thrive in this current situation. So what's happening right now? Well, I mean, it's just, I mean, look, it's a tough situation. I hope I can get an amen from everybody online today. It's, we're facing a global crisis that is spiral into an economic crisis as well. Several companies are in states of emergency right now. Businesses are trying to figure out how they pivot, how they stay productive, and if possible, how they increase output and revenue growth potential in the next you know, coming months. Working remote is a new normal right now. Web conferencing tools are taking off. They're flourishing. I'm sure everybody's had you know, access, go to meeting Zoom or Uber conference and have adapted to a, a new way of selling. And organizations are questioning themselves right now and how to maintain you know, not only interaction with their staff, but how do you maintain interaction with your marketplace right now? Companies are going online more than ever, and uh, we are seeing that within the marketplace right now. Sean, over to you. Any thoughts on that? Hi, Craig. Yeah, no, of course, you're you're 100% correct. Um, I'm not a doctor nor a virus specialist. I'm not even a financially advanced individual. I, I I hope I do claim to understand communications and marketing, um, especially as it relates to the global seed industry. If you're running a hedge fund, I don't bring much to the table. Um, however, 20 years of working all corners of the of the globe with the seed industry, with with Seed World and our other properties, hopefully it's given me some some networks, uh, some some real world experience on on how to engage with and support industry partners. Um, I think I will just also mention that, that Teresa is here as well to, to try and help make Craig and Sean look good. So good luck with that, Teresa. Um, if, we're, if we're missing something, uh, she's going to chime in and, and, and let us know that that's happening. But, but I think your point is 100% right. But I, I also think your point is correct that there is light at the end of the tunnel and that there is positives here. And, and our hope today from this point forward, we're going to talk about those positives. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Business leaders' priorities during a crisis. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure that a lot of folks online today have thought about this and what, how do they pivot their business? What are they, they going to do internally? And really, the three things we've identified is number one is cash flow, right? I mean, what, looking at liquidity within your business, access to cash, and lowering internal expenses is definitely a priority right now. Staying connected and keeping connected with customers, partners, and employees is a, is, is, is a very important factor right now. Um, you need to inspire confidence right now in the marketplace. You need to dispel doom and gloom with your marketplace, with your customers. And you need to be concise and empathetic with how you're connecting with your customers and your marketplace, whether that be through a, a, a phone call, whether that be through your marketing, whether that be through your messaging. Uh, and also marketing and sales need to keep the business running. There's no question that in the last few weeks, sales coverage, go to go to market strategies for sales has changed radically. 
but pipelines need to stay full and marketing is is one of the best it, it, in fact i think it's in the best position right now to help organizations drive revenue stability and growth uh in the current situation so is this any different than normal sean we talk to companies all the time um you know you know let's let's rewind back to q4 last year i mean were our conversations any different at that time no, they're, they're, everyone had the same concerns. They're just amplified dramatically right now. I, I heard it said the other day that this is going to be the greatest transfer of wealth that the world has ever seen. There's going to be some winners. There's going to be some losers. And, and, and like of that, we can be positively sure. We will come out of this. And the fundamental question to ask right now is, will you be stronger coming out of this or you, will you be weaker? Because your actions right now will decide which it will be. And, and the good news that our industry has not been crushed. The demand for seed products is intact and our customers are looking to us to see how we should respond and how they should prepare. And, and my question would be like, are you connecting with them? Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. Makes perfect sense. Um, what we're going to talk about now is three types of Three types of crisis decision makers. Uh, number one is slam on the brakes. Number two is wait and see. And number three is carpe diem. Seize, seize the moment. Seize the opportunity. I mean, if your business is like yours, you're experiencing all three of these types of decision makers within your marketplace. So what we want to talk about really is, um, you know, knowing that it's important. This is important. This will dictate your conversation to these three different types of decision makers going forward over the coming weeks and adjusting accordingly, you know, to each type of decision maker, each type of company that you're talking to will uh, increase, um, you know, chances of, of your success to continue to generate revenue. First decision maker is, and I'm sure we've all experienced this person is slam on the brakes. They'll go into panic mode. They're afraid to make any decisions right now and are deciding, you know, really to kind of cut all their expenses. So how do we approach that customer right now? You know, we, uh, we need to be uh, empathetic. Um, I don't think we need to be sympathetic right now, but with this type of customer, if you're experiencing this, you really need to emphasize um, not a logical approach to this client, but about an emotional approach. How do you tap into their emotions so that you can get your customer to make a decision to do business with you? Sean, have you had some experience with this type of client over the past few weeks? Yeah, very, very much so. I, I think that what we've seen or what I have uh, determined is that I'm not sure what the ratio is between these three different folks because it seems to evolve as I continue to have conversations. And I think to begin with, there was a lot of people in slam the slam on the brakes mode. They they uh, there was panic, and when we act out of panic, very rarely do we make the decisions. And and often the panic reflex is to slam on the brakes. So we we are absolutely seeing people in in that mode, and we're seeing them transition out of that mode as that panic subsides a little bit. They get a little more control of of their of their emotions and what's actually going on, so that they can move on and actually make good business decisions going forward. Right, right. Yeah, we, we're seeing quite a bit of that right now. Absolutely. Like, I'm, I'm sure a lot of our audience today has seen that within within their customer base as well. 
Second type of decision maker that we're, we're probably all facing right now is that wait and see, wait and see decision maker. They're a little bit more passive, passive reactive. Uh, they want to wait and see what others are doing. They might even be looking at what is their competition doing right now in the marketplace to deal with this situation. And, um, and they are deciding that, you know, they are going to be extra cautious right now. Uh, but they are a client that we can definitely, you know, um, um, persuade, persuade to continue to move forward through this process. Really the way to sell of these guys is tap into them on an emotional level and then justify that emotional decision with some, some logical and intellectual justification for a purchase. Sean, have you, have you seen this over the last couple of couple of months as well? Yeah, de definitely wait and see is a, I mean, it's a, it's a traditional defense mechanism, right? And uh, I, I think that, um, well, you know what? One of the most critical concepts that I've heard in the last four weeks is that uh, if your industry has been crushed or if, if or your processing have turned, been turned upside down, your process have been turned upside down, you got to figure out new ways of doing business. And the ones who succeed are the ones that get to that realization the fastest, the ones who get over the fact that, you know what, it's not fair, it's too hard, or it's not our fault, or, or, or we, you know what, we're going to be through this in just a couple of weeks. And, and when they can get past that and develop that solid plan of how to execute with the new normal, which let's be honest, nobody is 100% comfortable with, that's who's going to win. I, I absolutely do not want to make that sound easy. But whatever you have to do to realize that for the for longer time than we actually want, you will not be able to do business the way you once did. And what you're going to do about it, it has to happen right now. And the quicker it happens, the quicker you get to be the one who wins. I walked through an exercise that was supposed to, that was kind of proposed to me a couple of weeks ago, a bit of a life exercise. And that was I was asked to make a list of, of the things in my life that are assets and things that are liabilities. And then look at that list kind of with the changes of the last few weeks. And for me, some of the things that I had previously thought of as assets, they're now liabilities. So how do we reduce the liabilities in our life and increase those assets? And I think that's where this wait and see person is at. Right. Absolutely, man. It makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. And then likely the third type of decision maker we're, we're dealing with right now uh, as we're trying to move product, trying to generate revenue, is that Carpe DM type of decision maker. I actually had to look this up before the, our, our webinar today. And really what this talks about is those decision makers in the marketplace right now that look at this as a seize the moment opportunity, right? They're eager to make decisions, are thinking about how to dominate, and they decide to double down on their investments related to generating sales. So what we've been looking at internally in our company is who is our Carpe DM uh, customer within our organization and how do we tap into them? Uh, you know, a way to think about that is what the 2080 rule. Who are the 20% of our customers that are really um, forward thinking and generate their lion's share of our revenue? And how do we tap into that customer right now to improve our situation over the next four, eight, 12, 32, 32 weeks? Sean, I'm sure you've seen some some of this right now with some of the conversations you're having with with clients on the create side of our business. 
100%. I think everyone who's in a leadership role is being asked to push out kind of more communications internally, externally. It's it's definitely different for everyone. But but one thing I know is that unless we schedule it, unless we the, the we work to actually make it happen, it, it's not going to happen. The whirlwind of our lives continues to spin and identifying who we need to connect with to grab the day, right? Seize the day. That's carpe diem. And, and, and we need to schedule that into our lives now. We need to schedule in who are the clients, who are the colleagues, who is the family that we need to check in with on a weekly basis. Make that appointment and keep that appointment. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. All right, so what is what does history teach us? 1990 recession, McDonald's reduced marketing budget Pizza Hut and Taco Bell took advantage of that. As you can see on this slide right here, McDonald's revenue dropped by 28%. Pizza Hut and Taco Bell really kind of blew past that and, and hit some, some pretty impressive revenue numbers. The Great Recession of 2008, we've all, I think most of us have lived through that. Domino's really, really capitalized on that, on increased marketing spend and drove their market share and profitability um really really through the roof so so there are some lessons i know that these are you know th these are far removed from seed industry uh, businesses but we can take some lessons from from what we're seeing right here and um and parlay that into ways that we can improve our business and grow through this through the situation right now mcgraw hill did a, re a research analysis of 600 companies from 1980 through 1985, there was actually a recession from 83 to 85. I'm not sure if anybody remembers that. But really, very quickly, what this slide illustrates is that the companies, the, the black bars on this, on this slide represent those companies that um, held fast, held fast on their business development efforts, held fast on their sales and their marketing efforts, and really came out on the back end of that recession from 83 to 85, you know, way ahead of their competitors. Craig, there's lots of distinct uh, examples of that in the in the seed industry as well. Over the years, over the decades, we've seen companies that, that are prepared to invest and push through difficult times come out smelling like a rose in the end. But I think an important piece here is that there's a distinct difference between marketing and sales. And, and Craig, I, I think everyone would agree with me on that. I would define marketing as all of the activities, efforts, and resources we use to identify potential leads, to engage with our audience and share valuable information with them. On the flip side, I would define sales as the activities, efforts, resources we use to show a potential customer why they should be buying the product or service from me, negotiating the parameters of that purchase and creating the scenario where they give me money for a good or service. And the reason that I think that's so important to talk about right now is because the, the path to relying completely on traditional selling has just changed. Temporarily on hold for one-on-one -on -one meetings, temporarily on hold for face-to-face -face trade shows and events, temporarily on hold for traveling, a considerable shift in the way we're doing business. And that makes marketing become a very critical path to continuing that sales process. Absolutely, Sean. It makes perfect sense. Thank, thank you for that. I, I thought I just wowed you so wildly with that statement that you fell off your chair there for a second, Craig. I did. Sorry, I was just picking up my chair, and uh, 
just, just composing myself. Yeah, thank you for that. No, that's great insight. I appreciate that very much. So here's a, a, a few quick, uh, a few uh, a quick uh, things to think about. Is that firms that market through a recession experience 250 growth over their competitors? Businesses that focus on strong marketing during down economies take business away from their less aggressive competitors. And recessionary markets uh, provide an opportunity to build a greater share of market through aggressive advertising. I think right now, you know, with with the current situation, you know, there's really, with the way I see it, Sean, is there's three go-to-market strategies that most companies look at. One is, you know, they'll look at market expansion, right? So, so where can they expand their marketplace? And let's be honest, right now, market expansion is really kind of flat or, or you know, maybe you know, rev revenue and companies are declining right now. Um, but the other opportunity right now in the marketplace is to look at market share. How do we go to the marketplace right now and steal market share away from that part of the market that is buying our types of products and services? So I think this is really important. I think companies need to focus on market share over the coming three to three to six months. Not sure what, what what's your experience with that? Yeah, I, I think that they, they they absolutely have to figure out how to fight through. I, I, I think these are the things that we're we're just working on different ways to, to, to really say the same thing, aren't we? That if, if somebody is sitting back to think about that they're going to continue to do the same thing over and over again and, and get a better result, that they're mistaken. Right. Absolutely. Totally agree. Okay. All right. Not sure if we have any Shark Tank. Shark Tank uh, uh, fans of the show Shark Tank online today, but uh, Kevin O'Leary is one of the one of the sharks. And uh, this is a quick little quote. Remember, business is war. You either make money or you lose it. Your job is to make money and steal market share from your competitors, regardless of the economy. All right, all right. So let's let's talk quickly about the NASCAR effect. Um, I'm not sure if there's any NASCAR fans online today. Uh, if you're, if you're, you might be a Formula One fan. So this absolutely relates to uh, anybody that is a Formula One fan. But really, what the NASCAR effect is is um, how to get a lead and keep a lead. So when you're in a NASCAR race, and it really kind of mimics a business as well, right? If you're out in front and in the lead, you cannot slow down. You cannot slow down to save gas. You cannot slow down to save tires. You cannot take a pit stop right now because you have the potential of losing three to five laps or getting three to five laps behind your competitor. And that's really hard to make up. So be careful of the NASCAR effect. Sean, any comments on that? No, I think you nailed that one, sir. Right on. Okay, so now we're gonna dive into kind of the meat and potatoes of our presentation today. 11 strategies to thrive in today's environment so let's let's move forward so number one increase your communication frequency um you know the the marketplace right now is very very cluttered uh very very busy with a lot of communication but if you do not increase your communication frequency right now and add value then you're just not going to be top of mind with your customers so uh, you want to make sure that you double down 
on your message so that you don't go unnoticed. This is the time to be more relevant than ever and lead with value to your customer. Sean, any thoughts there? Yeah, I think this is kind of what I touched on earlier is this idea that we, we need to schedule this though. I agree with that your comment that we need to increase communications, but I think the key to it is scheduling it. Who do we need to talk to every week, every month, every day perhaps, and get it in our schedules and make it happen? Customers, colleagues, who, who, who's on that list? Right, I'm with you there, makes sense. Now's the time to be leveraging your own channels. Um, you know, it's important uh, important to build your own channels. You need to you need to look at external outreach to increase uh, uh, the communication with your customer base to be more relevant. You need to build your channels to communicate with your customers and with your prospects. And to help you with that, on the webinar handouts, we're going to include a uh, we're going to include a, a content and a social media social media calendar template that you can download that'll help you build out a really focused content strategy for your own channels. I think everyone owns a mini media company, right? Uh, if you have Twitter, Facebook, email, blog, or what, whatever the piece is, you, you have a little mini media company. I, I'm sure that more than one of you is thinking, um, but wow, my database is in, uh, in rough shape. How do I actually make these connections? Um, <laughs> The amount of resources that we as a media company allocate to database management and growth is truly astounding, but, but it is absolutely critical to our success. So if you need any support or prepping of the lists or the contacts or even ideas on, on just how to make those channels work, I'd, I'd be happy to discuss those. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I think uh, you know, a lot of the customers we work with right now are, are looking towards you know more of a publishing business model. They want to publish content uh, into the marketplace. So we, we see a lot of that right now. Um, discounting prices out of fear will only harm you. I know it's 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 really compelling right now to go to our marketplace to our customers and and look at ways that we can get incremental gains in revenue. But be careful of that. Be careful not to discount your core products. So what we've seen that works effectively for discounting is splinter off some of your core product right now and offer it as what we call a tripwire or a reduced, you know, reduced price product that you can engage with your marketplace. But be, again, be careful to not discount your core product. Some other ways you can uh, offset discounting is offer credits towards future purchase purchases with your company or you can offer some really creative deferred payment plans uh, with, with, your, with your customer, with your marketplace. Sean, we've been doing that for the last several months right now. It's had a really positive impact on our business. It, it is absolutely true. And, and I agree that discounting can be dangerous, but I think identifying an offer that adds value for your customer and presents an opportunity to engage is critical. Right now, I think our number one priority and the reason someone would slide towards wanting to discount their core product is because they're not engaged with their customer. So if you can, as you said, peel off a piece, pick a piece that it, that is going to add value, that you can engage with the customer, something beneficial to them that adds value that they need right now, 
peel that off. And if that's the piece you need to discount, then I think that can be incredibly positive because it generates engagement. And that's what we need right now. Yeah, totally agree with you. Idea number four, redefine your customer base. Um, so, you know, we've been looking internally in our company at, at, at what are, who are the 20% of our clients that generate 80% of our, our revenue? And what are the additional products and services and tools that we can bring to those customers that uh, will help them get through the situation that we're currently in? So, so I would encourage you to take a look at that 2080 rule and look at how you guys can reach out to some of those customers, those, those prospects that are generating the lion's share of your business. Get more of those and don't forget the value of referrals. We're, we're really focused right now on asking a company, look, if you like what we're doing right now for you, is there anybody else you know that can benefit from what we're doing in the marketplace? And Sean, I, I know on the consulting side of our business, I think you're seeing a lot of this right now from a redefining the customer base aspect, but also looking for opportunities to get referrals for, for what you guys are doing right now. Yeah, referrals drives our, our actual business basically completely. Um, and, and I think what I've realized is in, unless you figured out how to clone yourself and your team, right, you can't wrap up, ramp up all activities for everyone. So you ha we have to choose our most obvious audiences and, and just do an amazing job of super serving them, making them feel like you have them. How, do you, how would you do that with your customer? That would be my question I would ask our audience today. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. Um, awesome, great. Okay, now is the time to innovate. Um, during the recession of two thousand and eight, Amazon continued to innovate with new products, and as a result, grew sales by twenty eight percent by the end of two thousand and nine. So it's really essential, I think, when a recession hits to look at your products and services and how can you innovate and bring them to market faster uh you know f you know look at finding partnerships within your industry right now and within your within your marketplace and remember the biggest breakthroughs uh in any any industry as has always come from borrowing ideas from from other industries or looking at partnership opportunities or affiliate opportunities. And, uh, you know, Sean, we've seen that in our business over the last couple of months where we've integrated or partnered with different, different, um, you know, sales companies, different uh, digital marketing companies to add more value to our marketplace, to our customers right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I like, I love the idea of innovating right now. And so if, if, if surviving right now feels hard, ima imagine how hard innovating can feel. But but it, it is that mindset shift. Not the good news is that our our industry hasn't been completely blown up. But do we have to innovate our product, or do we actually have to innovate how we engage with people? And I would suggest the good news for the seed industry is we don't have to uh, innovate completely our product or our offering. We have to truly innovate how we engage with that audience and how we continue to push through this idea of restrictions and change of how we do business and approach that's where our innovation is is needed to happen right now but i, I think the other piece too is that I, I i learned that that i i can't do this on my own right 
Um, we have an amazing team at Issues Inc. And th that allows us to innovate on different ways that we can do business. But, but I also created a couple of peer groups. And uh, one that I thought I was going to bring more to than I got. And the other one, I thought I was going to uh, get more than I would give. And the funny thing, it turns out to be the reverse. So we never know where our strength and partnerships will necessarily come from. But if we're reaching out, we're making connections, we're having conversation, it is truly amazing to me how it happens that staying in, con in connection and contact is, is truly the key. Yeah, yeah, totally agree with that. Makes perfect sense. All right, let's talk about marketing for a second here. Marketing is a commitment, not a campaign. You know, we're, a lot of companies look at marketing as an opportunity to reduce expenses, to reduce costs, but really marketing is, is not fat. Marketing is a muscle. Uh, remember the NASCAR effect, right? If, that if you don't continue to stay out front of your competitor, it's really hard to catch up. If you're three laps down, um, it's really hard to catch up and win that race. And what we've what we've seen over the you know our experience is that it's a lot cheaper to protect your current position right now than to catch up later. And when times are challenging, you really need to increase your marketing activities, your communication activities to the marketplace as it becomes more difficult to sell one to one or through trade shows or through events. When times are good, you should advertise. When times are bad, you must advertise. Sean, any, uh, can I bring you in on that one? And I'm sure you've, in, in the last 15 years in this business, uh, you've got some insight on that. I mentioned before that marketing has become an, an ever more critical component of getting connected with customers in this, in this current situation. And it takes jumping in and making adjustments as you go. So, so metrics are key. And the, and the great thing about digital marketing is that there is metrics galore. That allows us to make adjustments on the fly. Uh, what starts out as a, as a bit of a shotgun approach can be fine-tuned into a rifle approach if needed, but it takes jumping in and making it happen. Start it, see what you get, make adjustments and go. Right? That isn't necessarily our natural instinct with marketing because so often in, in, um, in, in actual, whether it be print products or, uh, television or radio we have to make decisions that are, are impacted immediately with digital the great news is we can adjust it on the fly so we can build it custom build it tweak it adjust it and make those adjustments as we go and i think that our, our industry has gotten better over the last number of years at digital marketing but i think that there's still some that are sitting on the edge dabbling their toes in it and and dabbling toes in is not going to get us to the finish line right now yeah right on makes perfect sense I mean, let's face it, digital marketing right now is, is the fastest way to scale a communication strategy to the marketplace. Um, but also right now, I mean, digital, digital marketing, whether it be through the major social media platforms uh, or, or even our channel, I mean, there's an opportunity to get digital marketing and digital product on sale right now. So I'd encourage, uh, I encourage the audience to take a look at that and think about that as their go-to-market strategy over the next next coming months. So point number seven, adapt to market and sell with video, like kind of we're doing today and delivering a, a, a message, one message on scale to a, to a number of people. You need to look at some of these tools that we're utilizing right now. And using video conferencing is a great way 
to to you know when we can't go one on one to create that human interaction adding video to what you're doing right now can really increase engagement by up to 300 300% with your with your clients with your marketplace so we're we encourage you to look at uh, some of the tools that we're using today and you utilizing video in your marketing strategy as well I, I just want to jump in there. I, I think the value of video just went up 10x, right? And and the good news is that you don't need you don't need a studio. You don't need twenty thousand dollars worth of gear to make it happen. An iPhone and a good microphone will get you what you need. And deciding who the audience is, the message that you want to share, and the channel you want to use it is absolutely critical to success. And and understanding that customer value journey is is the is the key ingredient to being able to make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. So number eight, I think we all have a responsibility to, to help our clients, to help our customers really kind of kill that scarcity mindset and remind customers to focus, you know, not not on what what their next step is going to be, because that next step sometimes looks pretty scary. But what is the end result? What is the outcome that that we want to be in as a company? Uh, as we get through this current situation that we're in, um, I love the I love the quote from Winston Churchill: "If you're if you're going through hell, keep on going." And really, that's that's the focus of of what we're trying to talk about on this slide right here. That you want to focus on where you want to go and what you can control, and and really kind of dispel anything else that's going to hold you back from moving your company forward through the process. And Sean, you and I have talked about this quite a bit over the last four to six weeks about just how we're going to move our company forward through this situation. I mean, it, it, uh, wow, is it tempting to be doom and gloom right now, right? That that potential. And I think everyone's gone through some stages of that. Um, you can feel out of control with the reality, but but there's more things that we can control than we initially think. When we get panic out of the way, and really think about the pieces we can control. We can control our language. We can control our effort. We need to put those to work right now. Um, your outreach, what you say right now, will be remembered for a long time. That feels like pressure. And you know, it, it reminded me as I was prepping for this of uh, uh, three years ago when my wife passed away, thinking that the world was divided into those who are willing to risk saying something wrong in hard times and those that are willing to risk making the connection and and right now you can either worry about that you might say or might do the wrong thing and, and then just wait on the sidelines or you can put your compassion your commitment to help people and you can put that out there and share it share it loud share it proud and and then tweak and adjust as you see how it's been received yeah Absolutely. Yeah. Great, great, uh, great, great advice. Great words of wisdom. Thank you for that. Craig, I think you should follow me along everywhere I go and just tell me that I did great every time I uh, open my mouth. I, I think this, I like this scenario for us. Yeah, is, isn't that what you pay me to do, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, another important factor that, uh, is, you know, it's, it's really not just specific to this situation we're going through right now, but you know, what we see with our customers and even internally in our business is that follow-up is is really key to dictating uh, your business success. 65% um, of all companies 
do not follow up and nurture leads that they're paying to get. That's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. Less than 2% of all sales are made on the first contact and that 80% of sales are made between the fifth and 12th contact. So we're really focused internally here on uh, a follow-up strategy that allows us not only to follow up to sell a product, but to build value and to build trust with our audience. Um, so we would really encourage our audience today to look at what is your follow-up process? How do you connect with, with your customers on a continual basis? How do you nurture your customer to a position where they're ready to buy something? And Sean, I'm sure you've seen a lot of this in some of the work that you're doing with our consulting clients over the, over the past while. Craig, I think that the number one rule of communications, of marketing, of sales, and, and, and probably if we're being completely transparent, of life is clarity. And, and, and to, be, to, to extend that, to be really clear, it's difficult. It's difficult to generate clarity. And the only way I know how to generate and maintain clarity is with follow-up, consistently and repeatedly sharing the messages that you know are important. Right. Absolutely. Totally agree. And, and about that time when you're sick of hearing the message, that's when your target audience probably is starting to hear it. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. I think we get we get tired of our, our sales message or our marketing message much sooner than the market does. So, yeah, excellent point. Makes perfect sense. All right, let's go to... Let's talk about staying focused, staying focused on value, really, and leading with value to your marketplace. Whatever you're doing, whatever your communication strategy is right now, whatever your sales strategy is, it's got to lead with value. And from value, we, we build trust in the marketplace. We build trust with our customers. Uh, and so I think that's really so critical. Sean, I know you guys focus on this a lot with your with some of the consulting work that you're doing right now with your customers. Um, do you want to speak to that a little bit? This is definitely the, the piece that I get that I get asked about the most. I think everyone knows that they need to focus on value, right? That, that won't be a new concept for anyone. But when I see someone or a company or an organization or a department that's kind of fallen out of talking about value, it's usually because they've fallen away from a customer-centric approach or thinking, right? Where they get focused on, what do I need out of this? Oh my God, I got to sell this seed or I've got to sell this piece of equipment or I've got to sell this idea. And, and when we end up on that path, then that's how we fall away from talking about, about value. What's in it for the customer has to remain at the core of our messaging and our storytelling. Uh, otherwise, we lose focus on value. Because value forces us to be customer-centric. So I would just kind of challenge the audience to think about as we're, as we're going in the hard push right now, and, and God knows this is a season of, of hard push even before a global pandemic, that we got to stay focused on customer-centric. And that means talking value. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important right now, um, you know, all our all our conversations internally right now in our company are, are talking about how do we bring value to the marketplace how do we bring value to our customers so um yeah point point well made sean thanks for that appreciate it and then point number 11 is to continue to i mean when we're all in lockdown mode right now let's call it purgatory 
if I can use that term. We're all stuck. We're all in front of our computers right now. I'm working from my home office. It's been week four. And uh, and I'm looking for information. I'm looking for ways to increase my knowledge and skills to accelerate through the current situation. So, uh, so subscribe to services, platforms that enable you to stay connected to your networks and your peers and, and ensure that you're up to date with current events and what's happening in the marketplace. Um, I try to make a point of only checking the news once a day. I'll check it once in the morning so that I can have a intelligent conversation regarding the current situation if it comes up. Um, but beyond that, I'm trying to stay focused on how can I grow myself through this, this current situation. And, um, and what we're doing is we're actually making available right now um, free access to our, to our, our learning and education platform, SeedRoll Pro. Uh, uh, that's a that's free access right now for anybody that wants to join that platform. Um, Teresa, I'm not sure if we've do we have something up that we can a link that we can show on how our audience can get access to that platform right now. You betcha, Craig. They can see the offer, the free membership um, in their chat box right now. Right on. So I, I'd encourage anybody online today that if you want to you know get access to some really great content and join a community of, of uh, professionals, seed industry professionals around the, around the globe that are, we're all experiencing the same thing together. We're all standing shoulder to shoulder and, and uh, we're all going to support each other. Get access to SeaWorld Pro. It's free right now. You don't need any credit card. Um, and we hope that you join our community for some more learning and some more knowledge to move you through this process. All right, Sean, any thoughts on that or any comments? Uh, sharpening your axe, it's, it's, uh, it's a constant need if we're, if we're actually going to accomplish what we need to accomplish. The, the one maybe add-on that I would make is over the last couple of years, I've opened up my information consumption to channels that at first blush I, I, I don't fundamentally agree with um, in the beginning. And it felt uncomfortable and what I've discovered is that I can learn a lot from that contrarian viewpoint. And that we got so much information coming at us that we we custom make it, and Google helps us to custom make it so that we get information that agrees with what we think. And going out and trying to find sources that that perhaps don't necessarily line up has been a very useful tool for me to to identify uh, a, a ways to evolve my thinking, not change necessarily. That don't necessarily agree with uh, everything that I, I I see from those channels but it gives me a different perspective. Right on, right on, totally agree with you. Makes perfect sense. Okay, so we are at, uh, we are close to the end of our presentation right now. Um, and um, Teresa, I wanna, I wanna see, I wanna ask you, is, is there any questions that we need to deal with right now? Any questions from the audience? Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, Craig and Sean. Um, that was great information. Um, we'd like to do a short Q&A session right now. So if you haven't already done so, please type your questions into the chat box. So our first question is, how often should I communicate with my customers and how do I ensure they're opening my emails and responding to them? Well, that sounds like such a simple thing to be able to accomplish. <laughs> 
Um, it's a great question. And, and honestly, it's one that, that I hear on, a, on an almost constant basis. And I think that the truth is it really depends on uh, who your audience is, what the message that you need to share, and what channel you're going to use. So that, I think you heard me say that before. This audience message channel concept is really the fundamental way that I try to package up when we're doing programs for clients to identify that who the audience is and as specifically as we can, who that audience is, what the message we need to share and what, what the right channel to do that is. And, and then for the second part of your conversation or your question is that we have lots of technology that can help us to understand open rates. And we can, if we're on a digital platform, it, again, we have so many metrics that, that enable us. So in some of the follow-up information that uh, Teresa is going to share, we've got some ideas, some specific technical ideas of, of how you can accomplish those, uh, those pieces. Teresa, did I answer that question? You betcha. Okay. So kind of as a follow-up to that, um, considering there's a bigger focus on digital right now, what are some of your recommendations um, in investing in digital right now? Some of the recommendations, I, I, I think that I, I hate to be the vague guy that gives the same answer for virtually every question, but the tricky part is that there, there isn't an, a blanket answer to this. There is, I think, some suggestions that we can think about that are accomplishing because we've got people connected digitally now. So there's certain platforms. We want to look for platforms that generate expertise within our industry. So understanding where you go for information is quite potentially where your clients are going for information. So to build on, on that connection, what we want is people to put up their hand to say, hey, I, I'm interested in what you offered there. That's our goal, right? And our end goal is to have someone interested in, in the information that we're putting forward. So the, the core of it all is the content that we create. Identifying the platform I think there's lots of different answers you could get from different people on which platform to use. But I think that the, the real critical piece is identifying that content. If we're building great content, then determining what platform it can go on allows us to follow that path of identifying the audience, creating the content and the message, and then working on the platform or channel to get it out into the, into the world. Mm -hmm. mm, any, yeah. any other thoughts, Craig? Yeah, I know that. That that makes a lot of sense. I think uh, I think uh, digital right now is 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 one of the best ways to scale quickly. Um, you know, in 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 our company right now, we're seeing a, a thirty five to forty percent increase in in traffic on our websites. There's more digital activity, uh, and it's a great way to scale your messaging uh, to the marketplace very very quickly. So, um, and even the major social media platforms right now are are really on sale i mean we're you know we're seeing um we're seeing customers buying social media advertising at you know 30 or 40 cents on the dollar so that's a good opportunity to scale your messaging but but sean before we i know we got a few more questions but before we uh before we move on to those questions i just want to talk about um you know something that we pulled together specifically for uh for webinar participants today uh, we know that companies are looking for ways to accelerate their their revenue growth over the over the next you know two three four months and uh, we're what we're offering today sean is our 
customer value or accelerator mastermind um, a program. Uh, you know, it's a way to accelerate your uh, co companies to accelerate their opportunity to move through this crisis and build revenue fast. So we've got what we pulled together and what we've been doing is a four hour live mastermind session delivered online. And what our focus is on that session is we're teaching companies how to 2X their, their, their lead gen, their customer acquisition, um, how to increase profitability and margin with the products they're selling right now. And also how to how to how to have a two x impact on the frequency of purchase. And so we are running our next mastermind, Sea uh, World Mastermind Customer Value uh, Value Accelerator Mastermind uh, on April twenty second. We've got ten spots available right now, and we've got them at a special discounted price for anybody that's participating in the webinar today. So if you're interested, if you want to learn more, if you want to register. For one of those 10 spots, I promise you it's the best $997 you're going to spend in the next while. It's going to move your business forward. Reach out to Amanda at our company. Here's the email address and register for our next mastermind on April 22nd to really help your company move forward through the next, you know, two, four and six months and get through this and accelerate, you know, your opportunity to generate revenue. All right, cool. Great. Thanks, Craig. Um, we'll get back into our Q&A. So our next question is, when does consistent communication become spam, especially in email? Good, good, good question. Okay. And, uh, and I think that uh, I think that that's everyone's fear, right? Is that we're putting out too much information and because we read it, we wrote it, we're pushing it out it feels like we're pushing, it, the potential is that it feels like we're pushing out too much. So I think that if, if we can keep that customer centric approach and thinking about what the content is that we're pushing out and that each piece has its value and that each piece, because for us, each piece doesn't necessarily only get pushed out once, right? There, there may be very good reason to be pushing out content more than once. So, at this particular point in time, I think that what we're able to do is we're able to push that envelope a little further than perhaps normally we previously could. We can push more content out now so that because there's so much noise, there's so much opportunity to be distracted that for people to hear the message that we're pushing through, the odds of them seeing it on a first go round are X percent. Seeing it on a second go round obviously increases. So I don't think we should feel shy about pushing out that content. And, and I'll be the first to admit that that is a conversation that has happened approximately 1 million times at our media company. We have a constant dialogue about how do we push or how do, how do we create that scenario? And uh, what we have learned is that we can adapt it. And, and, and will I be the first to admit that we have pushed it too far? I believe we have. And we heard from our audience that we needed to tone that back a little bit. So that's exactly what we did. So the, again, the great thing about digital is if you do push too far, you will hear the feedback because it's engaged content, right? Digital is engaging so that we can hear that feedback and make some adjustments. My one last piece of advice would be that one person telling you that you're sending out too much email and spamming them does not a problem make. 
Right. Right. Yeah. Totally. Totally agree. Yeah. It makes sense. And I think really comes down, Sean, it comes down to, uh, are you bringing value to the marketplace? Right. Are you, are you, are you building trust? Are you, are you bringing value to your customer? And if you are, I mean, if you can bring me value on a daily basis, then I want to hear from you. But if you're just spamming me, if you're just trying to sell a product, uh, and really are not looking at my best interest, then, then that communication is too much. So, um, make, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Great. Um, our next question, and hopefully you can go in a little more detail about this. If a client is seize the day, they are logical. And is there any, anything different now in the seed market as a result of COVID-19? Well, I think everyone on this call knows that there is a lot different in the seed industry. The, the good news is the demand is still there. The good news is that the uh, supply continues to, uh, to to flow. I think the countries have, for the most part, done uh, a, a solid job in trying to make the transborder process work. It, it is not simple. And operationally, there is a lot of challenges for companies right now. And obviously, from a sales perspective, things are dramatically changed. All of the traditional ways that we were able to uh, execute are, are gone. So now we need to innovate on how we make that happen. Just like our operations teams are innovating on how to uh, continue with, from an operational perspective with all of the COVID rules that have been implemented at plants, at offices, at conferences uh, or conference discussions, that all of that is being taken into account. At the same time, how do we continue to drive business? And, and I think that that piece, at least for me, I had a period of time where I couldn't focus on that. I, I was worried about the safety of my team, the safety of my family. And over the last couple of weeks, what has shifted for me is to realize that the best thing that I can do for my team right now is to figure out how to create business opportunities. And I think that that shift is the one, the seed companies and companies that service seed companies, the ones that get there quickest are gonna win. Mm -hmm. did, did I answer that question, Teresa? Yes, absolutely. Um, so do you think, um, one of our questions came in, do you think uh, these strategies could impact the trade among countries? Yeah, unfortunately, we have heard loud and clear that it that it absolutely does and is, and that uh, countries are working very hard, and not just countries, but the ISF, uh, the European Seed Association, each of the uh, the, the seed trades in, uh, in in virtually all the countries right now are working to maintain the flow of seed, especially right now, right? Northern Hemisphere we're going into seeding, Southern Hemisphere we're going into harvest, so it, it is a it is a hectic time for the seed industry right now to understand how all those pieces are gonna fall. And, and so maybe that's our next webinar, Teresa, is to talk about that, because I know that we have act in our network, we have a ton of experts who are working exactly down that path right now to, to continue to keep those borders open. Great, um, we're just coming to the top of the hour here, so um, let's go for one more question, and that is, what are companies doing right now to build customer loyalty and revenue? Mm, good question question yeah um i'll take that one yeah i think i think what we're seeing right now 
uh, Teresa, is companies are focusing really on 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 two things from a marketing from a marketing perspective. Number one is uh, they're integrating content marketing into their mix. So you know, Sean talked about this earlier a little bit about you know delivering content, delivering relevant content, but delivering value add content to the marketplace. I think that's one way to um, to ensure. Uh, to mitigate customer churn and to build customer loyalty within the marketplace. And um, I think the other area that we're seeing uh, emerge right now is, um, I'll call it inbound marketing. So companies looking at at their current traffic, at their current web traffic, and looking at ways that they can either A, drive more traffic to their company, or B, take that uh, use that existing traffic and convert it to uh, a potential lead or prospect is another area that companies are focusing on. And really, at the end of the day, what it all comes down to is delivering content to the marketplace that moves a customer through that customer value journey or that buying journey within within the marketplace. So I think, again, just to, just to recap real quick, A, content marketing, getting some more content out, value-add content, and B, looking at an inbound strategy to convert traffic off your website right now to move into your sales process. The, the one other piece that I would just quickly add on is that, I mean, loyalty is harder now, right? When, when you can't have the, the handshake and the, and the look into someone, the white of somebody's eyes or, or have that lunch or, or breakfast meeting with them, loyalty becomes much more difficult. And we have to be incredibly creative on how we're using these tools to be able to try and make those connections, to maintain that loyalty, to maintain that connection with our audience. So um, again, another uh, uh, webinar topic, how to use these tools, these great tools that we have to be able to maintain our connection with our, with our audience. Right, right on. Fantastic. Great. Is there great. anything great. else to add? Thanks for having me, Craig. <laughs> yeah, Sean, thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. Um, um, for anybody still online today, that's great. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Listen, if you have any questions uh, for us, if you want to reach out to Sean or myself, our email address is here. Hey, even if, even if it's just to bounce an idea off us or to talk about something that maybe came up today that you need more clarity on, please feel free to reach out to us. If, if again, you're looking at um, a, a way to build a strategy quickly, to accelerate your revenue over the next couple of months, please feel free to reach out to us. Get some more information on our upcoming mastermind on April 22nd. We have 10 spots available. They usually fill fast. We'd love to have you guys on board with that. And um, yeah, we just look forward to staying connected and we're gonna look forward to delivering our next webinar in the next couple of weeks. And um, you know, again, wish you all the best on behalf of our company. Sean, any, any last comments? Thanks very much for the opportunity. Great to chat with you. All right.